Those Philadelphia Eagles keep rolling, now improving to an NFL best 8-0 after nine weeks of the NFL season, beating the Texans on Thursday night football, what we learned about those two teams on a short week. And we'll get to the rest of our preview and predictions for week nine, including Monday night football, coming up right now. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson, as always, at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. If you're watching football this weekend and you're thinking about a question, throw it our way for our mailbag next week. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Where we start, Matt, is Thursday night football that kicks off week nine here in the Philadelphia Eagles. They did not cover the 13 and a half, but they did win by 12 on the road on a short week, which is tough and really just a good draw for the Philadelphia Eagles, who were clearly a better football team than the Houston Texans. As tight as the Texans played that thing through three quarters, Philadelphia 29, Houston 17 Thursday. What were your big takeaways from this one? Not a lot, to be honest with you. I mean, I remember people might remember yesterday when we previewed this game, I was a little torn in that the Eagles to me are a powerhouse. I think the Texans are clearly number 32 in the league right now where the Eagles are one or two. And I just didn't really see any paths to Houston really having a chance to win this game unless something crazy happened. But on the other hand, I think everyone knows and probably sick of me talking about how I feel Thursday night football is an inferior product and it's incredibly difficult on the road team. They really don't get any practice. Their bodies haven't healed. And maybe it was fluke, but I kind of feel like both was true. You know, the first half was, boy, Eagles look like they're playing their C minus game. And and I give Houston credit too. This is a national game. They don't get a lot of those. This is their Super Bowl. They're proud as well. And then eventually the better team just start beating up on them. Yeah, that, that's what the game seemed like to me. It was sort of an eventuality where Philadelphia, the better team, figured it out in the second half and then ended up uh, you know, winning that football game. And the Texans kept it close, and it leveled mm-hmm. the playing field, I think, having a, a visiting team on Thursday night. And good job by them. Davis Mills, uh, you know, I like some of the things I see from him. I really don't like some of the things I see from him. Uh, Damian Pierce, rookie running back. Ooh. I like a lot of the things I see from him, and they leaned on it. Like that's the that's the program, right? If if you want to level the playing field against a team that's better than you, you got to hope you can your defense can hold up, and you try to run the heck out of the football. And that's exactly what the Texans did. Twenty seven carries for Damian Pierce, one hundred and thirty nine yards. He was up to the task. Love how physically he runs. He's a fun player to watch for the Texans. Oh, 100 percent. I, I think he's definitely a leader in the clubhouse for rookie of the year offensive, you know, especially with Hall going down and some injuries as well. But he's absolutely a building block, as you often say. I mean, with running backs, not that he was a first round pick, but you hope he's still running this way when Houston hopefully gets good in two years or whatever. You know, these guys don't last long. But in the meantime, I, I think he's going to be very favorable for Mills or Bryce Young or whoever the quarterback is as they try to build this thing. But they got a lot of work to do, and Philly's really, really strong. Checking in on Davis Mills, where are you at? Put your GM hat on. 
Does Davis Mills factor into this year's draft? I think it factored into last year's draft. Does he still factor into this year's draft? Or if there's a quarterback there, you just go get him. Probably in the end, that's the answer. But I really think this is a much better player than ever given credit for. I mean, he had a way harder. His situation in Houston last year was as hard as Lawrence's with Urban Meyer. I mean, it really was. I mean, I mean, and he succeeded where the others failed. I often think, what if he would have been put in Mac Jones' shoes last year with New England? I think he would have done every bit as well. I'm past the boy. He's a really nice player for a third round pick. You know, like that, that stuff doesn't matter anymore. I mean, I think he's a starting NFL player. I mean, is he a top 10 type of guy ever? Probably not, but he's a lot more talented than people realize. Talent is not why he fell in the draft. It was injuries and just not much to watch. So I guess if I'm picking first overall and I have a 98 grade on Will Anderson and a 92 on whoever my quarterback is, I would probably take Anderson, but if it's 98 versus 95 or six, I'd probably take the quarterback. Yeah, that'll be an interesting one. And that's going to be the case. And if you are the Texans, you have to finish that evaluation, which they are. And when you look mm-hmm. at the other quarterbacks from that draft class, you know, Davis Mills is right there. If not has outperformed all of them. So pretty remarkable. Yeah, right. And if I'm another team and let's say the Houston Texans do draft a quarterback and Davis Mills might still start even with a rookie quarterback, at least for part of the season next year. But I'd probably be looking at Davis Mills and calling the Texans and be like, hey, you know, I wouldn't mind giving him a shot over here with us, even if it's just, you know, backup situation, because, you know, he he might be that guy that that ends up being a Kirk Cousins later down the road or something where he kind of shows up again at some point or uh, I, I see him in the Texans and I think Matt Schaub, you know, that kind of a mm-hmm. player ends up starting, even if it doesn't end up that way for him as the franchise guy for the Houston Texans. I, I think when his, his book is all written, he will have started a lot of NFL games. Any weaknesses on this Philadelphia Eagles team? Uh, I know this is a short week. Yeah. Do you see something with the Eagles where you're like looking ahead at the rest of their schedule? You're like, okay, well they're going to lose a game and it's probably going to be because of blank. Um, boy, I, I, I did so much work on the Eagles last week because the Steelers were playing them. So I dug into every facet of this team and it was hard. I mean, their line is really good. I guess, you know, Jordan Davis is out. We saw Fletcher Cox have a little small injury. I mean, but they've been very healthy as a team, but you could say that about anyone. I mean, if the bills lost Josh Allen and Von Miller, they wouldn't be so good either. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I just point to probably run defense, you know, uh, if there's a team that can do other things as well and a defense that can hold up against the Eagles offense and they're not able to stop the run because you know what Damian Pierce did in that game, if a, a team that's better everywhere else can do that to you, then I, I would start to worry. And, and you do mm-hmm. start to point to those defensive tackles and they still have, um, uh, you know, Javon Hargrave there who had three sacks in this game, by the oh, way. Oh man, two games so, in a row. He's been awesome. Right. Yeah. And he's been really good, which, which, which helps when you do have someone like Fletcher, Fletcher Cox, who, uh, who went down for a bit in this game and you're missing Jordan Davis. Who's so monstrous. I mean, that guy's just a beast inside and he's going to be really good for a long time. Uh, so they, they do need to get him back and, and that will probably, shore up anything they're worried about inside but uh, that's probably the only thing i could point to right now because the offense is going uh miles sanders i am not the biggest miles sanders fan i think he's pretty pedestrian as running backs go but mm-hmm. he's a starting caliber running back and he had a really sure. nice game here um so yeah this team's scary with the way they're going and jalen hurts just super efficient 21 to 27 243 yards passing a couple of touchdown passes not turning the ball over qb rating 128.9 
Eagles continue to roll. There were, there were two things leading into Steelers Eagles that I pointed out that they're not great at. And one is run defense. They were given a five yards of carry. And we saw that last night, you know, mm-hmm. the Steelers couldn't exploit that, but Pierce could. Um, and, and that's, that's the only thing, sorry to interrupt. That's the yeah, only yeah. thing the Eagles need to stop. Like you right, go right, right. against the Texans, you're like, well, first of all, let's not let them run the ball. And they still couldn't stop Damian Pierce. And then leading into Steelers, Teams were blitzing Hurts much, much, much more. Beginning of the season, they didn't blitz him at all. Starting about week three, every defensive coordinator is like, ooh, that blitz looks like it's working against them. I'm going to do a little more. I'm going to do a little more. The Steelers blitzed him like 50% of the time, and he lit him up with A.J. Brown against the Keller Weathersfield. So, yeah. <laughs> and then Houston, I don't think blitz at all, and they don't anyways. So, yeah, maybe and they I erase have, that, you know. I do like that. The, the strategy of blitzing an athletic quarterback and making him – make a decision based exactly. on you, you knowing where he's going to have to go. If you blitz from the right side, you know, it's going to flush him left, mm-hmm. right. Instead of letting him sit back there, pick you apart because he can go anywhere and then you're on your heels. And so I like that aspect, but obviously, you know, maybe didn't, doesn't work as good uh, in practice when they've got everything else they have and they have the receivers they have as well. And AJ right. Brown having a fantastic year. It's such a, I mean, such a well put together team and, and a lot of their moves, trades, draft, everything coming together and looking really good for those. Eagles. Really good. Yeah. I think they're a Super Bowl team. All right, we'll move on to the rest of the NFL schedule from week nine. Aside from our six-pack of picks, go back to yesterday's show for not hitting your team today. A lot of good games this week. And we'll start up with the Panthers and Bengals next. We got a little NFC North matchup, too, with the Packers and Lions and the Ravens and Saints on Monday Night Football and more next. This episode is brought to you in part by Prediction Strike, the world's first sports stock market. You can now invest in professional athletes just like stocks. It's a lower risk alternative to sports betting and athlete prices move based on performance and supply and demand. If you invested in, let's say, Jalen Hurts last year or the year before, right? You'd be up huge. Just one year ago, you're up 50% from where he was. Um, Kyle Pitts having a rough year, maybe down on him, right? There's a lot of players that you could see and you said, man, I saw that coming with Jalen Hurts. I was bullish on him. And that's where you can really, um, really be ahead of the game. And and really, come on, you're talking about 2.5% trade fees, the lowest in real money sports and play what you know, right? Everyone knows you should be investing, but why not invest in something that you're actually good at? Something that you, like, I don't pay attention to stocks. I don't pay attention to the stock market. I don't pay attention to football like crazy. Invest in something you actually know as a football fanatic with Prediction Strike. So download the Prediction Strike app and use code LOCKED for a free share when you sign up and make a first deposit of $20 or more. That's promo code LOCKED for a special one-time giveaway and Prediction Strike will choose one person who signs up with code LOCKED and make a deposit to win 100 free random shares. That could be worth up to $3,000, especially if you get lucky and receive one of those Josh Allen shares. So invest in what you know on Prediction Strike, the stock market for sports. Can we pause a little bit here with uh, with what's going on at Built Bar? It's been a little while since I talked about Build Built Bar here on the show, and they've been hard at work developing some new flavors at Built. And if you know us and know this show, you know we love Built Bars, and they do amazing things with high-protein bars that somehow are low in calorie, low in sugar, and taste amazing. And this is what they've got on deck for you now. Cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut brownie topper, How about white chocolate peppermint 
granola. Built's take on the granola bar. And guess what it is? High in protein, low in calorie, low in sugar, but in granola bar form, white chocolate peppermint granola. Still insanely tasty. And candy cane brownie puffs as well, if you're a fan of the Built Puffs, the marshmallowy goodness, like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. So sink, sink your teeth into that first bite, and it'll change your life forever, as it has for a ton of listeners and for us. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate in their bars, 17 grams of protein in most bars, and shockingly low in sugar and calories, only 130 calories in most built bars. So go to built.com. You got to try this. Get 15% off your order right now by using promo code locked on 15 at built.com. It's a new promo code locked on 15. Get 15% off your order right now by using promo code locked on 15 at built.com. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Here we go, Matt, checking out the rest of the Week 9 schedule. Let's go to the Packers and Lions in the NFC North. The Packers at 3-5. and five. At the one and six Detroit Lions, Green Bay favored by three and a half in this game. This is usually one of those games that would be, you know, seven and a half or 10 points. But uh, the Packers cannot figure it out. And I'm starting to worry they never will. And the Lions are actually pretty disappointing, even though they're not a team we projected to make the playoffs. But the Lions, I thought, would be a little bit peskier than they are right now. Yeah. And I'm going to go with my hunch on the Lions coming off a of bye being a little peskier. I mean, they're, they're good on the line of scrimmage. Goff is good at home. I think Swift is going to play. Um, I think they have plenty of weapons, even without Hawkinson. I just don't see Green Bay putting up tons of points against anyone, including this horrendous defense. Maybe I'll eat my words. I mean, Aaron Rodgers versus a one-win Lion team, is, and three-and-a-half is the line. It seems like that's very, very low. I just think the Lions' offense will score points and keep this thing close. I With, with the way Detroit's defense has played this year and it's it's gotten a little bit better as the year has gone on but um man i mean you look at the numbers they've given up 38 48 uh, 31 to the dolphins last week even when they had that lead um i gotta go green bay i think maybe this is exactly what green bay needs you know one of those teams in the division a team that they've beat up on a number of times a team that's kind of not figuring things out on the defensive side of the ball to get aaron Rodgers and get that wide receiver group really cooking and, and we'll see if that green bay defense can start to be the defense we thought they were going to be this year so give me green bay to figure it out i still believe and if they can't figure it out this week maybe it's time that we should bury those green Bay Packers, if they do fall to three and six after this one, but I'll give up the three and a half points on the road for the pack. I get it. I mean, I could certainly eat my words and Rogers might be really good in this game and tear them up. Love what I'm seeing from PJ Walker. He's got the Panthers heading into Cincinnati to face the four and four Bengals. And I don't love what I've been seeing from Joe Burrow's offense and the Cincinnati Bengals, another team where you figure they're going to get it right. But man, um, last week was a bad showing. Maybe they're, really going to be missing Jamar Chase more than we thought. What do you th think about the Bengals at home? Uh, they're getting, uh, they're giving up seven points here against the visiting Panthers. Yeah. I saw this at seven and a half yesterday when we were doing the show and I'd like that a lot better. I'll still take the seven 
because I think Brian Burns is going to have three sacks. I mean, no chase. That Bengals O-line is a problem. And I do think that Carolina's offense is now respectable. You know, guys like a woozy are out too for Cincy that this past week hasn't been really kind to the Bengals. So I think Carolina can keep this thing close. I don't think they win. Burrow might light them up just like we talked about Rodgers. That's possible. Um, I just didn't like what I saw at all from Cincinnati and Cleveland. Yeah, and the Panthers have been running the ball even after trading away uh, Christian McCaffrey. So I like the Panthers to keep this one close. I'll take the points. I would have liked it at seven and a half. So kind of monitor that one. Um, but you mentioned Brian Burns. How about this? So Brian Burns was probably a little bit in limbo. Uh, the fact that the Panthers turned down uh, a trade of multiple first round picks for Brian Burns, that means they're dug in on him and they're going to about mm-hmm. be about ready to pay him. And now that the trade deadline is coming on, Brian Burns is like, okay, uh, I just saw what Bradley Chubb got. And I know I'm going to get more than that, and I'm going to go earn it. So, yeah, how about how about three sacks? I like that number for yeah, right. And I think this is going to be a big second half of the year for him, and he's going to get a massive payday in the offseason. Let's move along here to the Indianapolis Colts at the New England Patriots. The three, four, and one Colts at the four and four Patriots. Uh, Pat's favored by six points at home here against Sam Ellinger and the Indianapolis Colts. It's a lot considering the the state of the Pats offense and, and both these teams turn the football over too much. <clears throat> and I'm sure this number is driven by Belichick versus rookie quarterback. I know he's not a rookie, but, but you know, give or take, yeah. you know, I mean, young quarterback. And I think I'm buying into that. Um, if Jonathan Taylor was hundred percent and I knew he was going, I'd feel a lot better about it. It doesn't sound like that's a definite go. Um, uh, two good defenses. I kind of lean towards the under, which makes me want to take the points, but I don't have much faith in the Colts offense at all. The Colts are six. Uh, six points. Okay. I haven't been able to find it. So maybe it's off the board for some reason, but uh, I, I, I think I, it's I, a defensive struggle. Yeah. I think it's going to be low scoring. You, you know, you take the under and which means I think it's going to be a field goal. So that means mm-hmm. six points is just too many, even though, uh, you know, I might pick the Patriots to win straight up, but I don't think it's that much of an advantage for the Patriots versus the Colts, just looking at their teams, looking at how they're playing. It's not like the Patriots are getting great quarterback play right now from no. whoever it is, Jones or Zappi in there. Uh, so I don't think there's much of an advantage there. And the Colts ran the ball fine when Jonathan Taylor was out before. So whether it's Deion Jackson in there or, you know, Good I, point. And, and Naeem Hines is gone too. So we know who it's, it's going to be there. And they must have a lot of faith in whoever's behind Jonathan Taylor, right? Um, so, yeah, give me the Colts here uh, and six points against those New England Patriots. Yeah, me too. I just say it's a low scoring game. I mean, maybe neither one of these teams gets to 20. So if you're going to give one of them six, I think I take the six. And as far as my fantasy teams go, uh, especially our locked on dynasty league, I got no problems if it's a, a big time Ramondre Stevenson show. Oh, I own him Sunday ever. Into right. him. Yeah. yeah. He's, he is the man there now. Yeah. He's definitely the man there. And, and he's looking like the man. He's a really good player. And I, I he like really is. And I'm just waiting. I almost want to trade him, right? Because I'm waiting for all of a sudden, uh, oh, oh, no, we're going back to the committee. <laughs> right. You know? History shows. Yep. Next, let's talk about the Raiders. What is going on with the Raiders? The Raiders are at the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Uh, we've got the Minnesota Vikings at the Washington Commanders. We've got Monday Night Football, which is the Baltimore Ravens at the New Orleans Saints next. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps 
find the right people for your team faster and for free. Think about how many people you can reach at LinkedIn. There's over 800 million people on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. You're on LinkedIn, right? So why not go there to find somebody if you're trying to hire and you have simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on just the right. You don't want 800 people applying for your job at your small business, right? But you can utilize that big pool and shrink that pool down to exactly what you are looking for with the tools for screening, make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and eventually hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Are, I'm going to ask you this question, Matt, before we kind of get into this uh, matchup here. I hate this matchup. I have no clue what I want to do with this matchup. <laughs> with uh, with Raiders, I was going to tell Raiders. Yeah. Are the Raiders the worst team in the league right now? Like Raiders, wow. Raiders Texans on a neutral field with what we've seen recently from the Raiders. I, at least I know what the Texans are going to give me. Yeah, I don't know what the Raiders going to give me. The Raiders didn't. The Raiders did not cross half field against the Saints. They didn't cross midfield against the Saints last week until two minutes left in the fourth quarter. That's I mean, that's insane. ineptitude. That's insane. And I will say their performance in New Orleans was as bad as any team in the league any given week this year. I mean, it really was. The score could have been worse. You just kind of laid it out. <sighs> is McDan- Is Josh McDaniel is a, a coordinator and not a coach? I mean, that's possible. They have O-line issues. They have defensive issues. I can't put them at the 31, 32 in the power ranks, but maybe I'm being kind. They shouldn't be there. They shouldn't. They have a quarterback. They've looked recently. Uh, And and they've been close in a lot of games, too. You know, they played the – they're a division opponent, and sometimes division division opponents play each other tighter than what the the talent disparity can be. But they played the Chiefs tough, and then they go play New Orleans, and they look completely lost. You know, it's funny. I was thinking at the trade deadline, you know, it'd be the best trade is Devontae Adams to the Packers. Wow. You know? <laughs> How funny would that be? <laughs> like that would have, that would have really fixed a lot. And you know, the, the Raiders could go rebuild, which is maybe what they need to do. But I mean, you know, that's Derek hilarious. Carr, actually, I've never been the biggest fan of Derek Carr. Um, and I know you liked him more, but I, he's better than what has been going on. So maybe this right, is right. extended learning curve and, and McDaniel's trying to put his system in and it's going to take a little bit of time, but it looks like a lot of frustration. Devontae Adams doesn't seem like he's super happy. He's got some decent numbers, but you know, nothing like what we've seen with him in the recent past. It's like the Jaguars are playing great either, but I don't know how the Raiders are favored on the road against the Jags right here. So yeah, give me those points. Easy home dog here with the Jags. That's what I'm thinking too. Like to defend the Raiders a little, they just got blown out by the saints and they still have only been outscored by 11 points this year. You know, yeah. like, I don't think they're the dregs of the league. I think they had a bad day and are very disappointing. But should they be favored over anyone on the road? No. And the Jaguars really kind of came out of the box looking like, all right, here's that team. And right. they, they've found themselves, and they've been pretty bad recently, too. So neither one of these teams is playing all that great. Jags just find ways to lose, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and- like, they hang around and then they lose in the end, which is a young team thing, but that doesn't make it okay. Pretty disappointed by Trevor Lawrence, too, overall. I got to yeah, say, I, agree. I, I expected a lot more from him, especially the way the season started. And there's kind of been reverting back to maybe a lot of the stuff we saw last year. And, uh, you know, 
for a generational guy year two, I expected to see a lot more from him, a lot more wow from Trevor Lawrence. And, and I've had more, seen more head scratchers than wow moments from, from Lawrence this year. Yeah. I mean, trading for Ridley just shows like, Hey, this guy needs more help. He is not elevating those around him. I think he has been disappointing. That said, give me the Jags at home. Me too. I think their defense is pretty darn good still or good enough. Uh, how about the Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals? A uh, battle in the NFC West. Can the Seahawks stay on top in that division? The Seahawks are an interesting team because I watched them very closely against the 49ers earlier this year, and they didn't look like a team that was like, oh, hey, they're going to go be a couple games over 500 and go win a division. They didn't look like a very good football. No, no. Um, but I think that speaks to what the league is right now, parity-wise, and there's a lot of chaos in the NFL right now, and the Cardinals look worse than the Seahawks, clearly. Their record shows it. Um I don't even know what to think about this team. Cardinals are favored by two points at home. Yeah. Just with the way these teams have played, uh, I just, again, it's one of those, I got to go points. Um, and I just think the Seahawks have played better and they've proven to be a better team. And I don't, I guess it, it, we're at the point of the season where you got to start believing what you're seeing there with Geno Smith and that offense. And by the way, Kenneth Walker is the real deal at running back. Yeah, I agree with all that. I think Seattle, if we were power ranking these teams, would be ahead of Arizona. I think they're more trustworthy. I trust the coach. I don't know who is a quarterback edge. I mean, if I was building a team, I'd rather have Kyler, but I, yeah. I know who has the culture edge and Seattle can go on the road and hang with anybody. And I agree with everything you said about Seattle and wanted to add, I used to look at their defense like the Lions and be like, this is just start everybody against them. Their defense has vastly improved the last couple of weeks. So that, that Pete Carroll guy knows a thing or two. I'll take the points and I bet this Monday. I got Seattle plus two several days ago and was very happy about it. Yeah, the, the rookie is playing great at corner. And look, uh, DeAndre yeah, Hopkins. No line's good. Start, start DeAndre Hopkins in all your leagues and your DFS, sure, sure. right? But even since he showed up, they, the, the Cardinals haven't proven they can figure anything else out. They, you know, they got some decent safety play happening. But, you know, what do you hang your hat on with the Cardinals? It's, right. It's, it's like not much of a pass rush. I don't like their front that much on defense. Yeah, you, you know? got to point to Cliff Kingsbury. It just doesn't feel like a team. It feels like a collection of dudes. It really does. Whereas the Seahawks are exactly the opposite. Right, they're exactly the opposite. Well said. I mean, they're 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 polar opposite type of teams, and I'll trust the ones that have won a lot of games in the last decade. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, moving on to the final game here on the schedule that we have not covered yet, which is Monday Night Football. It is mm. the five and three Baltimore Ravens at the three and five New Orleans Saints. Baltimore favored by two and a half on the road here. Did the fate the Saints figure something out last week? Or are they ready to turn the corner as a team with the defensive performance that we saw against the Raiders last week and, and a little bit of uh, solidification on the offensive side of the ball? The Saints have been the most injured team in the league, I read this morning, which adds up, and now Michael Thomas is out. I mean, again, uh, his career might be over. I mean, can yeah. you imagine him in fantasy? Anyway, um I think people might be overreacting to this line a little bit because of what they did to the Raiders last week. I don't know that they're over the hump or anything like that, but boy, New Orleans on Monday night is a brutal place to play. You think anyone's going to be uh, slightly intoxicated or wound up for that one? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's going to be loud. Yeah. Um, but Baltimore has a super long week. I mean, they played last Thursday. So this is like an 11 day stretch for them, mini buy. I like the Ravens here pretty big. And then I just tweeted this stat out, and I'm, I'm not sure where I found it. I should credit them, but I don't remember. This is going to be Lamar's first start against the Saints. He's 25-2 and two 
in his first starts against teams in his career. And that's not a fluke because like my, my Steelers, I mean, Steelers handle him pretty well. They play him all the time, but anyone that's ever played him for the first time, like when Minka got here or whatever, they will all tell him Lamar's different in person than he is on tape and nothing we can do in practice will replicate that. He's 25 and two the first time he plays a new team. Yeah, he's different. You, you, he's you, different, you, right? If you've, ne- if you're, a, let's say you're a linebacker and you've never tried to tackle Lamar Jackson, you have absolutely literally never seen someone that's a quarterback that nope. can do what he can do. So Derrick Henry's that way in a total opposite manner. Yeah, but yeah. until you play against him, we can't fax. You know, there's no way of knowing what you're getting into. Um, looks like, you know, the injury bug's still biting the Ravens. Uh, I love the, the addition of Roquan Smith though, at linebacker, they're obviously going for it there. Uh, and even with Rashad Bateman being banged up and Mark Andrews being banged up, you know, mm-hmm. Isaiah likely has been an awesome find for them at tight end and performed guys like Demarcus Robinson, you know, there's, they just, they've been okay. And Duvernay has been a lot Good better enough. than you'd yeah. be expected. So they've been fine. there covering for some of those injuries. And so, um, yeah, I, I just don't think it's enough points here, uh, even though it's a tough place to play in the dome there against the Saints on Monday Night Football. But give me those Baltimore Ravens by a field goal. Yeah, and a little bit of it's kind of the Pete Carroll thing we just said too. Harbaugh can handle those type of things. He'll have his team ready, you know, long prep week. They've won a lot of games lately. That is the Week 9 schedule. Matt and I, of course, will be back to break it all down on Monday. Get those Twitter questions in at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL or drop them in the YouTube comments, and we'll talk to you then right here, Peacock and Williamson.